listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. So what, we're gonna, what I wanted to do because first of all, and I know people always say this, like I get so many questions about my eye makeup, which I don't wear eye makeup. I'm just talking about people that say that. So I wanted to do a video for you guys. Um, <clears throat> but I actually do act, get questions. That's why I say that. I actually do get questions um, about writing and publishing, um, storytelling, that kind of stuff. I do get questions about that. I get um, DMs and people come up to me where, where we are wherever we are. And, um, some people have questions about, you know, I've had a book on my heart, um, for the last couple of years. I just don't know how to get started in writing the book. Um, but I also want to use this broadcast to talk to you about why every one of you should write a book of some type, some sort. And I'll explain that in the video, but it is vital. I believe it's vital. Um, Hey, Danny and Karen, God bless you guys. Glad you're on. Um, in whatever way you can share the broadcast, if you can just share it with the share button and it creates a thing for you. Sorry for the bad quality today, but I'd rather be with you than not be with you. Um, so over the, over this week, Monday through Friday, I'm going to take these broadcasts kind of like a series, kind of doing a series on how to write a book. There's, I know there's a lot of people probably watching already that there's been a book in your spirit. There's been something that you felt to release or to write. Um, maybe, maybe there's somebody that you just, you, you feel like you want to write a book. I was like that, you know, and I, I, I was in the place where, cause I love to read and I was always in a place like, man, I really love to write a book someday. Um, never knowing that I would write a bunch. And my goal, by the way, is to, um, my goal is to write a hundred books. If Jesus tarries, which I don't believe he will, before the end of my ministry, my goal is to write a hundred books. And I have a way to, uh, good Brandon, proud of you. I have a, a plan to, to get that done and make that happen. But I want to talk because there's, there's things, one of the biggest things that I always hear from people is, well, I've got this idea. I've got this thing that's in my spirit. I really, really feel um, like I got to get this out. I just don't know how to get started. That's, that's the biggest thing I hear from people. I really, really want to, uh, say what's what's in my heart. I feel like God's put it in my heart. I just don't know what to do next. I don't know how to get started. You know, what tools do I use? I have people ask that I'm going to walk you through everything, uh, in this week on the, on these broadcasts. I'm going to walk you through every single step from the very, very beginning stages to the very, very end uh, where you're holding your own book in your hand after publishing. So um, I'm not an expert by any means. I'm just trying to help you by giving you what I've learned. Uh, at this point, I think I've published six books. Seven and eight are on the way out this year. And um, so, you know, I've, I've been able to put six out with the help of the Holy Spirit for sure. And then uh, we've got more coming. So the lessons that I've definitely learned in the last six, seven books. Um, I want to share them with you. I want you guys to be able to get started where you're at because don't let anybody tell you it's not important. It is 
Very important. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why uh, in just a minute. And it doesn't matter if you're a, a preacher. doesn't matter if you're a pastor or a minister. If you are, let me, let me say this, by the way. If you are a pastor or a minister of some sort, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, whatever, if you're in the full-time ministry, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm going to make this as plain as possible. You should be writing and releasing books. Bottom line. If you are a part of the fivefold ministry, no excuses for you. You should be writing and releasing books without question. Why do I say that? Well, the first reason I say that is because, uh, if, if God's given you something that's worth preaching, it's worth writing. I'm going to say that again. If you're taking notes, if you're putting anything in the comments section, put this. If God has given you anything that's worth preaching or teaching others about, it's worth writing. No question about that. I have to make that I have to make that very very plain today. If God has given you something that is worth preaching or teaching about, then it's worth writing about. No question on that. I was um, praying one day and I was praying about writing and different things. The Lord actually said something to me or brought it, brought it to my mind. Hey guys, love you. Brought it to my mind. He said this, and I was going through kind of like my list of my favorite books, uh, some of the classics, you know, and the Lord <clears throat> said this to me and it like, it popped in my spirit almost immediately. He said, and, and I know many of you that are watching me, you know who Brother Kenneth E. Hagin is. You've, you've probably listened to his teaching. You've read his books. The Lord said to me, what if the believer's authority was just a message that Brother Hagin preached at a church one time? Let that sink into you re real quick. Let that sink into your heart and spirit. That's what the Lord said. He said, what if the believer's authority, which by the way, is a book that changed the body of Christ around the world. If you didn't know that it changed the body of Christ around the world. And, um, the Lord said that to me. He said, what if that was just a message that brother Hagin preached one time? What if he never made it into a book? What if it was never translated into all those languages that it was translated into? It would never, think about this, it would never ever have had the impact that it did to the world and to the body of Christ if it was just a message that he preached. Not just once, even if he preached it 25 times throughout his ministry, even if he preached it 300 times throughout his ministry, even if it was recorded on a tape, I want you to think about it. If he had never made it into a book, it would not have impacted the world as it did. And so uh, God went right down through my favorites with me from the men of God that I admire greatly. He said regarding T.L. Osborne, he said, what if healing the sick had just been messages that Brother Osborne preached overseas in his crusades and that, and that was all it ever was? What if it had never been written down? And I believe when he wrote uh, Healing the Sick, it was first six smaller books and then later put into one large book that we can now purchase, Healing the Sick. What if it had never been made into six books and then eventually one whole book? What if it was only his preaching and teaching 
in those third world nations. Imagine that. I mean, think about that. Dr. Cho, largest church in the world. What if he'd never written the fourth dimension? What if he'd never written prayer that brings revival? You think about through the ages, the books that have shaped the body of Christ, the revelations that have shaped the body of Christ. I think about Brother Allen, if he would have never written The Price of God's Miracle Working Power or God's Guarantee to Heal You. Imagine the loss for the body of Christ. See, I'm making this point to you and I, and I hope you're writing this down. If the Lord has given you something and it's worth preaching or teaching, it is worth writing. It's worth publishing. No question about it. If it's not, then it's not worth preaching or teaching either. You need to see this. If it's something God has deposited into your spirit, it's worth publishing, it's worth releasing. And I'm not, and, and that's why I wanted to address ministers that may be watching this live or on the replay. Maybe you're listening to me on the podcast. Let me encourage you, if God gave it to you, you should publish it. I mean that. You know, one of the things that I thought was a, an excellent idea, especially with the way publishing is today, publishing is much, much easier today than it ever was in history. Um, many pastors and, and ministers, they preach and do series. Did you ever think how amazing and easy it would be uh, if you were a minister like that, that you took your four-week series every time you did one and made it into some sort of a mini book or just a smaller size book of 80 to 100 pages with all your notes and then written out and, and finally edited into like an actual readable book form. I know a pastor that did that and then took those series, mini books, and purchased like purchased 100 or so of them. They're not expensive to print. And then made them available to his people for free as an evangelism tool. And so he put them in their hands, and then when they're out and about in society, whatever, getting their hair done, shopping and talking to somebody, and, and let's say, for example, the pastor did a, a series on marriage, and maybe you're talking to the person at the salon, and they're just kind of telling you how, yeah, you know, we've been really struggling recently, and we're, we're starting to hit counseling. Maybe your friend tells you that. You can literally pull that out of your pocket or out of your purse, ladies, and hand that mini book, four inches by six inch size, and say, hey, you know, my pastor just recently did a series on this. Um, why don't you take this book? It's it's really a, an easy read. You can sit down and go through it within a you know an hour, two hours. And I think it would really help you and your husband. Imagine that now pastors, teachers, all, all of those the, that are in the, the ministry, if we put something out like that and put it into the hands of people as an evangelism tool. And now it's not just impacting your congregation. It's not just impacting those that you know and are actually able to speak to in front of your face, but now it's touching people around your city. And as people travel, it's touching people around the nation. You see what I mean? And so it really, number one, when you write, I want you to write this down, put it in the notes, put it in the comments. Number one, when you write, it expands your reach and your impact. When you write, it expands your reach and it expands your impact without question. Especially, think about this, especially with the uh, advent of the internet, you think of the, of the fact that people are finding things now based upon Google searches, um, keyword research, 
People are finding things because of search engine optimization. They're finding things on Amazon based on keywords. So <clears throat> you think about this. If you were going to write, um, let's just say something like my, my wife is a homeschooler and she's a Christian homeschooler and, uh, you know, whatever. Then I will, I will give you this in a minute. We'll talk more about it. The more you narrow down your niche, the more of an impact you'll have. That's important to write down. The more you narrow down your niche or niche, however you pronounce it, the greater impact you'll have. Um, <clears throat> but let's say, for example, that my wife wrote a book on uh, Christian homeschool moms and continued to narrow it down, you know, to um, doing devotions with your children as a Christian homeschool mom. That's pretty, that's pretty narrow. Well, <clears throat> when you put that out and now it's on Amazon, it can be found on Google, Apple Books, Kindle, you know, whatever else, those keywords are all triggering. So if you've got people that are just searching for books for homeschool moms, more than likely, if you've done your keyword research pretty well, they're going to find your book in the search results. Now you're finding people around the world, around the world that don't even know who you are that are discovering what you've written. Think about this, man. Because in this day of technology with the internet, it is insane how much of a reach you can have, how much of an impact you can have. And um, if you'll do that, you think about it now, people in other countries that don't even live in the US, if you're in the US, are finding uh, your content and literally consuming your content. They've never heard of you, they've never met you. Um, Jody's asking, what do you do when you know a book would be life-changing to help others and teach others to be free with your testimony, raw materials, of offends family, constantly dodging your life when they come on? Um, well, you do have to, I will say this, Jody, when you're writing about yourself, you do have to be careful because you have to understand that Obviously, your family relationships are extremely important. You don't want to destroy relationships and family uh, because of any content you release, whether that's a YouTube video, a podcast, a book, an ebook, whatever. You don't want to destroy the love that you have for family and, and relationships because of some piece of content you put out that'll, you know what I mean? It's more important. So if you're going to do that, if you're going to write and give your testimony, um, it may be more advantageous to you to be vague about some of the details with that include family members, never include names, obviously, especially if you've not gotten permission. Um, but you, you might want to use wisdom and be just a little bit more vague with some of those details because it's your family and friends, loved ones. Chad asked, what was my first book? And I'm going to talk about that today. The first book that I ever wrote. Hey, good morning, Mandy. The first book that I ever wrote was Praise, Laugh, Repeat. And that's that's something I think that came out in 2014, 2015, something like that. Um, <clears throat> and I'm going to talk about that because it's the very first thing I ever published, ever, very first book I ever uh, really worked on with the intent of publishing it. And uh, I'm going to give you some of those secrets that, that were given to me and things that I learned as well in writing the very first book that I ever did. But let me just say, if it's worth teaching on, it's worth writing about, and you can expand your impact. I mean, now because of the internet, 
People can find your content everywhere, literally everywhere. And um, if you're not taking advantage of it, and you don't have to be a preacher, a minister, a pastor to be writing books. <clears throat> we have people in our church at Abundant Life that are releasing books about things that they've done in life, accomplished in life, that the Lord has helped them to accomplish. Um, we have one right now who's an elder in our church that's a former Marine that's getting ready to release a book, um, and it's going to be it's going to be powerful. It's uh, and he's dealing with younger men now, and he's working with younger men in the community and teaching them how to be men in society and teaching them about Christ. But um, literally, <clears throat> it's 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 you taking your ability of the revelation that God has given you, putting it into book form and allowing that content to live. If Jesus tarries, it'll live beyond you. I mean, think of how many people are still consuming Brother Hagin's materials all these years later. I believe he passed away in 2003. So we're 17 years later and people will be consuming the materials he created for decades to come, decades and decades. Uh, if Jesus tarries, you think of the fact that Smith Wigglesworth has been gone for a long time. People are still preaching about him. People are still reading what he wrote, reading about his life. And so when you do that, write and publish, it gives you the ability to have your content and the revelation God gave you live beyond you. If Jesus does tarry and you someday go to heaven, that will leave behind a legacy of what the Lord showed you. I was, um, yeah, it's exactly right, AJ. T.L. Osborne said that the fact that he has published and released books, um, a book never gets tired, never needs vacation, never needs sleep, it's always speaking. Exactly right. It's exactly right. It's working on your behalf. It's like um, <clears throat> when we released Miracle Word Radio. It's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So even when I'm sleeping, I'm preaching. Even when I'm traveling, I'm preaching. Even when I'm you know, on vacation, I'm preaching. Doesn't matter, I'm always preaching because of Miracle Word Radio. The same is true with the books. I'm always teaching, speaking, preaching to someone because of the content that I've published. And the same will be true for you. And God, remember this, what God gives you as an individual is extremely important. Anything that the Holy Spirit says is extremely important. Anything that he illuminates to you from his word is extremely important. So I want you to write this in the comments and so that you'll never forget it. Put this in the comments today. What the spirit speaks to me is important. I want you to write that down. That seems simple. It's so essential. What the spirit speaks to me is important. Now, once you understand that, that God doesn't just randomly speak to his people. He's not just arbitrarily speaking, but he has things to say to you that will not just help you, but that will help others as well. And so I want you to, I want you to hear that from me at the beginning, because it, don't ever think that what God has given you is insignificant. Don't ever think that what God's given you is not important to the world. Don't ever think that the revelations he's shown you from his word or things that you've been empowered to accomplish in life, don't ever think that they're not worth telling others about. The key here is people get discouraged because they don't know how 
to tell those things to other people. And they may sketch out and get a rough draft and you know trick them <laughs> themselves into thinking it's the final draft. And then they go over it or have somebody go over it like, man, this is not really good. This is not really written well. I don't understand what you're saying. Don't get discouraged because you may show a rough draft to somebody and they read it and say, well, I don't, I don't, you're not very clear in your writing. I don't know what you're trying to say. I don't, I don't understand, you know, don't listen to someone's criticism of a rough draft and then end up getting too discouraged to continue and, and actually complete what God's given you. There are ways to do it. And there are things that you can do to polish what he's given you. And it needs to be done, trust me when I tell you that. It needs to be done. The polishing needs to happen. Um, but it's very important. And so what I'm encouraging you is to get started. You've got to just get started doing what, if you don't, here's the thing. It's, if you don't start, people are always wait. I don't know what people wait for. I don't know what they're always, people are always waiting for something. Well, you know, I'm just waiting until I get a better computer. <laughs> you know, there's all kinds of excuses. Well, there's a writing class coming up. I'm waiting for the really, really good idea. I mean, there's always something that somebody has an excuse to say so that they don't get started. But you need to understand this, that if God's spoken to you, if there's something that's helped you, and guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you something that was given to me by someone who's written tons of books that will literally help you get started so quickly and really will have you write the outline of your entire book within a matter of about five minutes. I'm gonna give you that tip and it's gonna help you. But <clears throat> one of the things that you need to catch from the very beginning is if God gave it to you and it's worth preaching and teaching or doing in life, think about that. If it's worth doing in life, you say, well, I'm not a preacher, I'm, I don't teach, I don't preach. But listen, if it's worth doing in life, if it's part of your life purpose, so, you're going to spend your whole life doing this thing and you don't think it's worth telling others about? You don't think it's worth writing about or publishing something about? Of course it is. Of course it is. I mean, don't have such a low view of yourself and your calling and your purpose that you don't think it's worth telling anybody about. It is worth telling somebody about. It's important. If God calls you to do it, it's essential. It's vital. And it should be looked... Um, at that way. You should always see what you're doing for the Lord as very important, as vital. You're running a race for the Lord. And so I want to encourage you from the beginning, you have something to say if you have something to do. If the Lord has called you, yeah, exactly, AJ. Exactly. If you know the Lord's called you, if you have a purpose, if you're anointed by God, it's worth sharing with somebody else. It's worth sharing with somebody else. And let me tell you, I understand that every person is not going to be a New York Times bestseller. I'm not a New York Times bestseller, but that doesn't mean that what I'm writing is not valuable and has not helped many, many people. And listen, don't write a book to sell a book, okay? I wanna start by saying that. Don't write a book for the purpose of selling a book. Put that in the comments. Don't write a book for the purpose of selling a book. If your goal with your book is to make sales, you've missed it. You, you've missed it. If no one ever 
Remember this, and I mean this. I totally mean this. If nobody ever purchased my books, I would still be writing them. I promise you that. I promise you that. Do not write a book for the purpose purpose of selling. Doesn't I'm not telling you not to sell your book. Yes, of course you're going to sell your book. But see people get discouraged because they may write a book and then no one buys it. Well, don't let that discourage you that nobody bought it, whatever. Don't let that discourage you. Don't write a book for the purpose of selling a book. Write a book, hear me, write a book because there's something burning on the inside of your heart, something that the Lord has put in your spirit that you have to get out to this generation, that you have got to tell people about, something that Lord's anointed you to do that you're doing with your life that you've got to tell others about. You know, tell it because God gave it to you. And don't write a book for the purpose of selling a book. It may sell. You may become a New York Times bestselling author, but you may not. But the point is not whether you sell it or not. It's the fact that God's given you something in your heart and put something in your spirit and it's time to release it to be a blessing to your generation. Let me, I'm totally honest with you. See my friend, Pastor John Mann, I love you, buddy. Uh, I'll be totally honest with you. When I wrote that first book, I'm telling you, I wrote it from a place of, I'm not saying hurt, but I was, my heart was broken for the generation I was living in. I'll give you an example. And let me, let me, I'll transition into this because it's worth talking about. The very first book that I ever wrote is entitled Praise, Laugh, Repeat, Living in the Power of Overwhelming Joy. And so what was happening to me was this. I would preach all over this nation, other nations, and many times the Lord would have me do this. I'd be preaching and be teaching. And at the end, the Holy Spirit would start moving in the services. And then I'd see people that God was highlighting to me by the Spirit to call them out and to minister to them. And I can't tell you how many people I ministered to, and you'll know how true this is, were battling chronic depression anxiety attacks, panic attacks, spirit of fear, and suicidal thoughts. I did stu- I did uh, camps and, and conferences and revivals for students across this nation, other nations. They'd come to the altar. There'd be times God would have me call it out and say, bring them, have everybody come to the altar that uh, is battling these things. And then I would say, come to the altar. And here would be all these people lined up at God's altar that had cut you know, cut marks from their wrist all the way up to the elbow. They'd been cutting themselves, you know, depressed, anxious, panic attacks, thinking about killing themselves. We have testimonies of people that were planning to kill themselves. And then somebody called them literally at the moment they were going to kill themselves. Somebody texted them or called them, them, invited them to church. And the power of God got a hold of them and their life was spared by the Holy Spirit. And so day after day of seeing these things, I was so angry and brokenhearted about a generation that was being killed by depression and anxiety and fear and suicide that it got me so, I said, Lord, there's got to be a way out of this issue that my generation is facing. Amen. Kale said on on the on comments, I was one of them, Brother Ted, I'm free. Thank God. Thank God that Kale's free today. And I'm telling you, I was, I was so 
mad about this, a righteous indignation. That the, and I said, Lord, there's got to be a way for this generation to be free. How, this generation to be free from that attack of the devil and to walk in your overwhelming joy. And so I began to fast and pray. And as I fasted and prayed, the Lord started giving me message after message to preach on overwhelming joy. And then the anointing of God came upon me to break that uh, attack of the enemy off of God's people. And um, I just began to write and preach these messages. And the messages I understood were so vital. And then I began to understand they're not just for messages. They're not just to be preached in churches. And the Lord showed me that the, I'm giving you these things and you're gonna compile them, release them in book form. And when people read them, now we've had testimonies of people that have read, praise, laugh, repeat, and God has set them free from the attack of the enemy on their mind and their soul. And so understand, praise, laugh, repeat, the book has touched people that I've never even preached to before, that I've never met. It's touched people around the world. And it's because this is an avenue. Whether Listen, it's available not just in paperback form, but it's ebook uh, available on ebook around the world. So understand this. It's something that came out of my spirit now, when I was sitting on the, all over the country, really, I wrote it while traveling. I'd be in hotel rooms, I'd be in cabins, I'd be all over. And I'd be sitting there writing on my laptop. And uh, I wasn't sitting there writing, you know, thinking, man, this is going to sell a lot of copies. That's not what was on my heart. The thing that was on my heart was this. When this comes out, it's going to set the captive free. When this, I can't wait to get this into the hands of people that are battling with anxiety and depression and battling with suicidal thoughts. I can't wait for them to get the revelation of God's word that you can be free. And that's why I'm telling you, you don't write a book for the purpose of selling a book. Now it's sold a ton of copies. It has, but that's not because I wrote it to be sold. It's because I wrote it with a purpose and the purpose is actually taking place in the lives of people. So you understand it becomes valuable to the person who obtains it because of what it does to help them in their life. And that's the key. My desire, your desire should be to provide extreme value to the people that are reading what you're producing. Provide extreme value. I know you may not like him. One of the guys that I follow, people give him a hard time because he, he curses so heavily. But there's a guy that's a market, basically a marketing genius. His name, his name is Gary Vaynerchuk. And one of the things that he says is that when you're dealing with anybody um, in, in business, whatever, he's developed a rule that's called the 5149 principle or 5149 rule. And what, what he says is that uh, you should always seek to provide 51% of the value in any relationship. You should always give far more than you take. You should always give far more than you take. So 5149, I'm giving more value in a relationship than I'm taking back. And that's what I feel about publishing and, and writing books is that my desire, it, yes, selling is a secondary thing. It's a secondary thing. The primary goal of what I want to be able to do is to provide value to the body of Christ uh, and have give them something that's going to bring into their spirit and into their heart something that's going to change their life forever because of the word of God. And so my desire is to give that value to a generation that does not yet have it. 
And that should be your desire. If God's anointed you, which he has, if he's put something in your life, in your spirit, it's valuable. It's valuable because it comes from the Lord. You know, that's why the Bible says that we have this treasure hidden in earthen vessels. Our bodies are the vessels, but the treasure is the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. And because of the Holy Spirit, who leads us and guides us into all truth, but notice everybody's on their own line because of their, their particular purpose. You're not studying the same things I am. I'm not looking at the same things you are. But we all provide value to the body of Christ because of our individual purpose. You see what I mean? So the point I'm making to you today is this, is when you begin to publish something, and I'm telling you, it's worth publishing. When you begin to release things, publish things, it should be something where your desire is when people experience and encounter why God told me to do what he told me to do with my life, it's going to bring extreme value to the people that consume the content. And that needs to be your desire. If you write it, one of the things, and this is a tip and a key, by the way, um, to help you write what you're supposed to be writing, um, you need to write what's burning in your spirit. I want you to put that in the comments. I need to write what's burning in my spirit. I need to write what's burning in my spirit. And when I say that, don't, don't, um, don't allow yourself to just write something because you think it's a cool idea or don't, don't, um, don't just write something because you heard somebody talking about it and it kind of was interesting to you. Don't do that because what ends up happening, and I'll give you from previous failure, my own previous experience, if you do that, what ends up taking place is that you will lose very quickly. You will lose your passion for the thing that you're writing about. Very quickly, you will lose your passion and your drive for what you're writing about because it's not something that's burning in you. It's something you heard from somebody else. It's something that you know may have interested you that you came across. Don't do that. You know, I, I, I've been at a table with others. You know, we, we've been talking and something may have sparked in my heart when somebody said something like, oh, that's a pretty cool idea. And I, I opened up my, my phone and opened up Microsoft OneNote which I'll get into this week, which is a phenomenal tool when you're writing, uh, Microsoft OneNote, and I put down the idea that I had or the thing that sparked in my spirit. And, um, and I thought to myself, yeah, I'm gonna write that. And then I've sat down to begin to write it, and literally nothing was there. Like, the passion was gone, and I recognized what happened. It was not anything that God put in my spirit. It was not anything that I was burnt, my heart was burning about. It was something that I thought was interesting that somebody else said. So I want you to put it in the comments. Hey, Phil, good to see you, buddy. I want you to write in the comments, I need to write what's burning in my spirit. I need to write what's burning in my spirit. Don't start something because something interested you that someone else said or you caught, you know, your pastor preached a sermon and one of his points really sparked, you know, thought, a thought process in you. Write something that came to you that's burning in your spirit that you've got to get out of you. Something you've got to get out of you. Something you've got to tell people about. And that's the key. Because I remember what that was like with praise, laugh, repeat, you know, with blood on the door, with uh, unhang your harp, all the ones that I've gone through. I remember what that was like where I, 
especially, you know, anytime you do something for the very first time, you remember it forever. And when I was writing Praise, Laugh, Repeat, I remember, I remember the, like I would get, I would sit down to write a chapter and it was not like, oh, here we go again. I have to do more writing today. And there will be, trust me when I tell you, there will be days like that for people because you don't always feel like writing. There will be a time where your, um, your drive or your excitement for that thing fades. You know, it's like the honeymoon uh, season for that book will fade and it becomes work and you've got to do the work, no question. But <clears throat> I can remember, man, sitting down and because it was the passion that God had put in my spirit, it was the thing I hated that the devil was trying to do to this generation. I would sit down to write with my laptop and it didn't matter where I was. I could be in a, an, a room that wasn't even air conditioned in a cabin somewhere while I was doing a youth camp in the woods. And I'd sit down and pull my laptop out and start writing and, uh, and watch. And, and, and the, I'm just telling you, it would like flow out of me because there was like a, such a burning in my heart to say this, what I was saying to those that I knew were struggling, th those that were hurting. And um, your, this is something that, um, this is something that you need to write down because it's ex extremely important. Write this in the comments and in your notes. My writing needs to solve a problem. You need, you need to have that in your spirit because here's what's happening is people write. And one of the reasons that they, uh, that they don't continue or complete what God's given them is they lose track of why the purpose of their writing. They don't even know why they're doing it anymore. It's like, what, what's the reason my writing needs to solve a problem. It needs to solve a problem. So when I wrote uh, praise, laugh, repeat. The problem I was solving uh, for those that would receive the revelation was chronic depression, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, fear, suicidal thoughts. I was writing to combat against those attacks of the devil that came against God's people. That's why I went at it. Every time I opened that laptop and started writing, I understood what, why I was writing it. And it fueled me even more. It, it reminded me why it was burning in my heart. Why is this burning in my heart? Because, you know, night after night, when you stand at the altar of God and there's people down there with tears streaming down their face, with cut marks going all the way up their arms on both sides, people that have burned themselves with cigarettes, you know, just an attack against the, the physical body uh, that God has created in his likeness and his image. The desire to destroy it self-hate. Um, and when I, when I would look at that service after service, I would feel righteous anger come up on the inside of me. And I knew I've got to do what I can, my part that God's anointed me to do to solve this issue for the lives of many that I'll come into contact with. The issue that I was trying to write against was depression, anxiety, panic, fear, suicidal thoughts. Your writing has to solve a problem. You say, well, what about if I want to write fiction? What if my desire is to write a fiction? Well, let me let me tell you, it's also solving the problem of entertainment. Somebody wants to be entertained, you're solving that issue for them. I understand it's not a life-changing thing like helping someone out of suicide, but every piece of writing and content that's produced solves a problem for somebody. And so you need to know that. You need to know, number one, God's put something in you that's worth writing about. Number two, you're anointed to share it. 
And number three, it's very important to understand, only write about what's burning in your heart. And then number four, know this, that your writing should solve a problem. It needs to solve a problem. And that's, it keeps you on track. And it keeps that vision in front of your eyes about why that you're writing something, why you're doing something. It's very important. And, and so I remember when I was writing that, I would sit down and open my laptop and I would start writing. And, I would, and literally, I mean, I would feel the fire of God come on me. And whether you feel it or not, you got to keep writing. There were days, trust me when I tell you, now that I've, now that I've published six books and two more on the way, um, I can tell you there's days where you don't feel like writing at all. There, there, I've had a lot of days where it feels like a laborious to go in and sit down and open that laptop and start trying to put words on paper. It's like, I don't even feel the unction to write today. I don't even feel, I don't even feel the, um, <laughs> I don't feel whatever passion I had. I don't feel it. It doesn't matter. It's work. And one of the things I've noticed, especially um, if you are um, saved, filled with the Spirit, one of the things that you can do is pray in the Holy Ghost. If you'll pray in the Holy Spirit for a while, you'll stir up your most holy faith. Stir up your faith. You'll encourage or edify yourself, the Bible says. Praying in the Holy Spirit will set your spirit moving. I call it, it's like, it's like stretching your spirit out for action. Like when you, before you play a game of sports, whatever it be, football, basketball, hockey, whatever, you want to stretch out and make sure that your muscles, you warm up. You don't just go cold right into a game. You can hurt yourself. And when you're building up your most holy faith, you're preparing your spirit man and your faith for action. And one of the things that'll help you is to pray in the Holy Ghost. I remember Pastor Enoch Adeboye told a friend of mine who shared it with me. He asked the question for me that um, I always ask every minister. And he said, one of the things that you should do as a minister, and I, I'd say for anybody that's working for the Lord, he said, pray in the Holy Spirit for an hour before you minister or before you preach. Take an hour and pray in the Holy Ghost. Um, Christina's asking, can you record it on a voice recorder to, to draw down playback later and write it down later? Of course you can. Now, to be honest with you, now there are dictation um, applications and technology that you can use. They have like Dragon Dictation. Uh, the iPhones have Siri. So if you're just working on an iPhone, you can open up your notes and start to speak uh, your notes into Siri and it'll start writing it out into notes on the page for you or whatever app you use, OneNote or Microsoft Word, whatever. You can use Siri to speak it out. If you have an Android, I think Google Assistant does the exact same thing. And so you can dictate what you're writing. I would actually recommend that over a voice recorder and then going to try to transcribe it because you will save yourself double time by just using uh, Google Assistant, uh, Siri, whatever, to dictate into a, a, a word processing application what you want to say. Because going back to actually transcribe hours of recording is it is tedious work and you don't want to do it. It'll, it'll literally take you out of, of your, of your writing desire. Um, and so, yes, Kathleen, I'm definitely going to release all of our books on uh, audiobook, and that's going to be coming up soon. 
Cody, this is an attack against you. I did these broadcasts just for you because your book's not out yet. Uh, but you understand, it, it'll save you a lot of time to do the dictation. Because even if it doesn't hear you properly, and that, that technology is increasing all the time, but even if it doesn't hear you properly, you can literally, when you're done doing that, you can just go back in and type what you meant to say as you're reading back through what you dictated. You can go back in and type what you meant to say. And it let me tell you, it saves you a ton of time, a ton of time. You'll thank me for that later. But <clears throat> write what you're passionate, what's in your spirit, what God's given you, write that. Make that the thing that you're releasing. And then as you're doing it, there will be days you don't feel like doing it. You have to press through, pray in the Holy Ghost, get your spirit stirred up. What I've noticed is <clears throat> that in days that I don't feel like writing, I'll sit down and, and there's a discipline to it. You have to, one, let me give you a tip. This, this is definitely a tip that I've learned from um, other master classes of writers that are New York Times bestsellers. You, if you're going to write, you have to treat writing like it's a job. So you need to open your calendar app or whatever it is that you use for time management and you need to schedule your writing time every single day when it's gonna take place and how long you're gonna do it for and stick to that schedule. You can't just say, well, I'll, you know, I'm gonna write when I have time. You'll never write, you will never write. And so open it up and say, you know, when I get home from work or whatever, from seven o'clock PM till 8 PM, I'm going to write. Even if it's only a half an hour a day, write every day, write something every single day. And so I encourage you to make it a schedule because that'll make, that'll ensure you do it. Number one, and consistency is king. Consistency is king. You can only get better at doing something by actually doing it. That's it. Don't get weary and well-doing. <clears throat> Don't get weary and well-doing. There's a there's a definitely a temptation. There's definitely a temptation to just say, you know what, this isn't going that great. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it in the trash. Don't do that. Don't do that. Stay in a place of consistency. Every single day, write something. You may not use it in the end, but you're writing something. It's rough draft time. It's, you know, you may not end up including it in your final work, but keep on doing it. Keep on writing, being consistent. Um, there's days that I didn't feel like it, but let me tell you what did happen to me is I would start to write and I didn't feel anything at the beginning of the session. Like I don't even feel like writing today. I'd rather skip and go do something else uh, and not do it today. But I forced myself by discipline, dedication, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna write. And then I would get writing, boom, then something would hit me. As I was just being faithful to write, something would hit me and spark me all over again. It would spark me all over again. And then I would just be right back on fire. In a day I didn't even feel like writing, if I just stayed faithful to write, something that I was writing about, an illumination from the Holy Spirit, something I saw in his word, whatever it was that I was doing on that day, it would hit me and then the fire would start. And then I would start writing and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm going off on the keyboard and just, I mean, literally it changed everything. So sometimes what you'll find 
is that maybe there's a small warm-up period to where you don't feel, maybe you even feel like it's writer's block, just start writing something. I mean, you're not using a typewriter, there's a delete key. You can just backspace everything if you don't like it. You might, you know, here's another thing. You might write something you hate that leads you to something you like. I've had that happen. Where I'm sitting there writing, and I'm like, man, this none of this is usable. This isn't, I'm off track. I'm not even writing about what I meant to write about. And then I I write something that was seemingly off track, but it it sparks another thought. And I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna add that into what I'm writing right now. And what seemed like was it, it, content that was off track or stuff that was unusable actually becomes something that sparks something you will use. And all of this is happening while you're being faithful and dedicated to just write when you don't feel like writing. And it is important. I'll tell you another thing that I've, I, I talked at length with my wife about this. One of the things that I truly believe is um, that when you can write and read proficiently, I, I honestly, with all my heart, believe that those two skills are two of the main skills that drive human intelligence. I totally believe that. After I've thought, I've sat and thought about this on drives, I've talked it out, I've thought about it. I honestly believe that those two skills are two main skills that drive human intelligence to a, to a new level. If you read well, meaning like if you're well read, if you'll dedicate yourself and set goals to write, to read books, you know, you need to, you know, you've heard the old adage, uh, leaders are readers. I totally believe that. It's proven. You know, the apostle Paul was even one of those who, when writing from prison, encouraged them, don't just bring my cloak and my, uh, my notes, but bring my books and my parchments. He wanted to continue studying and writing while he was in prison. Probably the most intelligent man of the New Testament. And so uh, I truly believe, and, and I'll, I'll kind of come to an end here today with this session by talking about this because it's so vital, is that if you can train yourself, that's why even at my children right now, I don't mind bribing them to read books because I'm trying to implant it in them at a young age. It's something I started. I started reading full size novels, 600, 700, 800 pages when I was like nine and 10 years old. It's something that you have to encourage in your children and encourage in yourself. People that read are people that expand their intelligence. And I'm talking about natural intelligence. Obviously, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit teaches us all, all things. But it's one of my favorite places too, you know. I love Barnes & Noble. But if you can read well and then also write well, what do I mean by that? Well, if you can write well, if you can actually um, deliver your thoughts to others in a well practiced way. I'm, let me think of the best way to say this that I want to say it. If you can organize your thoughts in a way that's completely understandable by those that are reading them, it puts your intelligence on another level because that now you have to be able to, in writing, and you wouldn't believe, I mean, there are people that, you know, 
And I'm I'm the same. You know, not everything I write comes out published ready. You know, I have to, I have to proofreading has to be done. Copy editing has to be done. We'll talk about different keys this week. I'm just kind of giving you the intro and the overview today, but you know, when you learn those skills to properly uh, transfer your thoughts to others in a written format, it takes your intelligence to another level. It just does. Reading well and writing well take you to another level of success in life. I promise you that. Because you have to be able to then communicate clearly to others what you're thinking, what you want them to know, what you're saying in a way that's going to be understandable. People that can just straight up communicate. If you don't know this, one of the biggest areas that's lacking in the workplace, in the body of Christ, in I mean, in every area, is communication. It's causing relationships to be destroyed. Did you know that? It's causing relationships to be destroyed. And so it's because people don't communicate well. Some don't communicate at all, but many don't communicate well. One of the things that writing does for you is it puts you into a place where you have to think about what you're going to communicate and how you're going to communicate it in a way that's going to be digestible by the one that's hearing you or by the one that's uh, reading you. And um, one of the things you can, um, it's even, even in the way that you write things, you'll learn, you'll learn that, the, that there are ways you can write things ways you can say things that will immediately either turn the listener off or turn them on to what you're saying. Um, you know, for example, if I was on here talking to you guys about writing and I started the broadcast by saying, I wanted to get on here and do some talking about writing because a lot of you are stupid out there. There's a lot of stupid people out there that just don't know how to write. And I feel like with all that I've done in writing, you know, all the books I've published, I feel like I need to shed some light on what you dummies don't know. Well, like, <laughs> that's immediately gonna turn you off to anything I have to say beyond that. Probably while I'm still speaking, it's gonna turn you off to listening to anything else. You'll probably just swipe away. Nobody wants to be condescended to. Nobody wants... Uh, uh, to be told they're dumb or nobody wants to be insulted. But many times, and that was a blatant um, example, but there's other examples where it's not as blatant, but the way people speak or the way people write, it actually, um, it actually turns people off to your writing. Because there are, there are high-minded ways to say things. There are, there are ways to say it that literally uh, turn your reader off. You know, I try to always write something from a positive light. I always try to write something from a positive position. You know, and I learned this about preaching. Um, Brother Hagen taught us this while, I, while we were at school. He said one of the things he learned in all of his years of preaching and teaching was there will, obviously there are, there are times you have to correct and reprove and then you have to rebuke. I understand that. One of the things that... Uh, uh, he would always do and told us that we should do is to leave people on an encouraging note, not a discouraging one. There might have to be rebukes and corrections and, you know, reproof, whatever. You, you might have to preach some people to hell, but then preach them to heaven at the end. 
You might have to tell them things that are negative. You might have to correct, but leave them on an encouraging note. The, you, know, you might take a, a portion where you're correcting a thought process, but then you come out and say, you know what? But the reason, and this is, I may be talking to somebody and say, listen, I, had to, I, need to, I need to correct a few things. You need to hear this. And then you, understand, you let them know, listen, the reason that I'm taking the time to make these corrections and to correct you like this is because I believe in you because I believe in what God's called you to do. The reason I'm taking the time to correct you is because I care about your outcome. And I know that correction is just direction. I'm just helping you get to the place where you will have extreme productivity in your life and ministry or your business or whatever, if you'll accept these corrections and make these changes. And so what it, what it does is it shows them, not in a disingenuous way, but it shows them Listen, I wouldn't take the time to talk to you if I didn't care about you. Only reason you say those things because you don't care about me. No, I wouldn't take the time to involve myself, to correct someone or to help them see a better way if I didn't care about the person. If I just said, hey, you know what? Let him do what he wants to do. We'll see. No, if I love you, see, you, you correct those that you love. You want to see them prosper and succeed. That's the key. So understanding that that comes through in your writing, comes through in your speaking is massive. That's massive. Absolutely massive. And um, so I want to encourage you that when you're writing, think about writing from a positive standpoint. Think about writing from a positive place of encouragement and not a place where you're trying to, you know, I've read people's books and it's like, there's some people that's like, they, they're trying to hack down the problem with their writing and it just comes across as angry, frustrated, comes across, uh, in, in a way that's really displeasing to read. I, I have no idea who would want to read it, but the, but the issue is this, you've got to learn how to, uh, write in such a way that can correct thought process, uh, issues, ideas, but at the same time, encourage the right way of doing things. Um, I'll leave you with this before I pray for you today. Think about if I had to choose between preaching on the curses of sin and the blessings of holiness, I'm going to choose always the blessings of holiness because I would rather show somebody that what the positive aspect of serving God than and I know both are needed, but notice even God did that. Notice what he started with in Deuteronomy 28 when Moses was writing them about the commands of God. Notice what he started with. He was starting with, here's how I'll bless you if you'll obey me. Here's how I'll increase you if you'll obey me. Here's how your uh, children will excel if you'll obey me. And AJ is bringing up the verse from Romans that the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. So understand, even, even God did that in speaking to his children. He started by telling them, this is how I'll bless you. If you go to Hebrews 11, if you'll diligently seek me, then I'll reward you. I want to be a rewarder of those that are diligently seeking me. So God uses the positive aspects of his nature as the uh, the, the, the bait, if you will, to pull you into right living, right thinking, right actions. 
That's what he wants to do. He wants to show you how he'll bless you. Takes it from a positive aspect and says, if you'll come this direction, here's the blessing you'll receive. If I have to choose to preach between the blessings of righteousness or the curses of sin, and of course you do need to talk about the curses of sin, but I'm gonna present it in the frame of the blessings of righteousness, the blessings of holiness, this is what God, but you don't water down holiness, obviously. So you tell the true message that you need to tell. You don't water it down just for the sake of being pleasant to the ear, but at the same time, you let it be known. If you will dedicate yourself to this principle, here's the blessing that comes from it. You show both sides, but you show this is what's for you. That's what I've always appreciated about Bishop David Oyedepo in Nigeria. He could preach on anything in his church, and then transition it into an altar call for salvation at the end. He said, now if you wanna receive the blessings that I was preaching about today, the blessings of God are reserved for the children of God. And then he gives an altar call showing them you can have what we're talking about if you'll serve the Lord. This is what I'm talking about. Even from the writing standpoint, and I'm telling you, those of you that are watching me today, you're anointed. And because you're anointed, you have a purpose. And because you have a purpose, you have something from your life to share with this generation that's going to encourage them to do what God's called them to do. And let me tell you, nothing that God's given you is arbitrary. Nothing is useless. Nothing is insignificant. If God gave it to you, it's essential, it's vital, it's important, it needs to be said and it needs to take place in this generation to be a blessing to your brothers and sisters in this nation around the world. And God's gonna use you. I wanna pray, and you're not gonna wanna miss one of these broadcasts this week, because now that I've given you the introduction from tomorrow on through Friday, I'm gonna give you practical tools to get this done and to put what God's put in your spirit, either on paper or in digital format to get out to this world and see people's lives changed by the purpose God's put into your heart but you're not gonna wanna miss. I'll be, I'll be on YouTube. We'll try to re-air these on Facebook and Periscope. I'm, at, I'm in Moorfield, West Virginia, so um, I don't, I'm not in the studio. I don't have the cameras. I can't go everywhere uh, immediately, but we will put it on for you. But um, I'm just telling you, this is gonna help you, and you need to release to this generation what God's given you. But let me pray, because I'm gonna pray that God puts that fire in your spirit, that you have that desire to get this message out uh, before it's too late. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I pray for every person that's watching this broadcast today. Lord, you've put something in their life, you've put something in their heart, into their spirit, that is a purpose from heaven that will change the lives of men and women in this generation. Give them the wisdom and the passion and the fire to put this into production and to release it to a world that needs what they have on the inside of them in Jesus' name. Lord, put that passion, put that word. If they don't even know what it is yet, let them know. Give them the mind of Christ. Let them have a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know what it is in Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise that you're using us in this final generation of time in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it, throw some fire in the comments section and thank God that you're anointed, that you have a purpose, that there's something that you're gonna release from your life that's gonna bring change to your generation in Jesus' mighty name. I love you, Jonathan Manna. Appreciate you. We're here in Moorfield, West Virginia. The tent went up. 
Last night was our first night of this outdoor crusade under the tent. Altar was packed with people being saved last night. And we continue tonight all the way through Friday, every night at 7, Friday night at 5.30 p.m. If you're anywhere close to West Virginia, tri-state area, Ohio, Pennsylvania, whatever, North Carolina, drive. We would love to have you. It's going to be great. I want to give you an opportunity, those of you that are watching, to partner with Carolyn and with me as we're touching this world uh, for the kingdom of God. I want, to, I want to give you an opportunity to be a part of the Victory Tribe. And here's all you got to do. Go to MiracleWord.com and click on the Give page or the Partner page. Set up whatever the Lord tells you, whatever it might be. God has to speak to you personally, but whatever it is that he leads you and encourages you to do, if you would, click on that link and sow a seed monthly to stand with us as we're reaching the lost. And I'm telling you, this generation is going to be changed by the power of God. Everybody that's sowing this month, um, $85 or more, we're blessing you with the book by Bill Winston, The Law of Confession. Powerful book. And uh, we're making it available to you. Thanks for hanging with me today. I really appreciate it. And um, we're going to try to do our very best to air these as soon as possible on Facebook and Periscope. But we'll be back here tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m. Eastern time on YouTube. I love you guys so much. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll be taking questions too this week. If you have questions about your own books and stuff, we're going to answer them. I'm going to help you as much as I possibly can. If you didn't get a chance to share it, please do so. I love you. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.